Rogers took away. Yes, with this. Get your money's worth. Now, that was exactly Let's get it. Like, comment, subscribe. Pelicans have lost 10 in a row, lose to the Mavericks 111-106. Before we get into the show, this podcast is sponsored by the Birdsaw Law Firm, the official injury lawyers of Boot Crew Media, located at 918 Porter Street by the Superdome. Give them a call at 504-523-5413 if you or someone you know has been involved in an accident. Birdsaw Law Firm, the official injury lawyers of Boot Crew Media. Um, Chris, Chaz, Ross, joining again. We've lost 10 in a row. And Ross, I'll start with you because you made a great point before getting on. It wasn't like this game was close. It, they made it look close no, right at the end, but but they got their they 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 got no, they got no. killed again. No, it's funny. I was uh my wife was was watching, um, it, you know we and it was it's the same song and dance we've seen for you know a couple of weeks now. And she was like, oh, oh look how you know she she was getting all excited, and I was just sitting there like, yeah. So I was like, I was like, we're not gonna win this game. I don't know what you think. <laughs> I mean, you can don't let the final score fool you. We got fucking curves. We got curb stone. Only a minute in. Not bad, Chris. Um, What's up, man? Chris, you, you seem very happy and content. You you, you seem... Uh, what's going on? I, I I mean, look, man. I, Can I you pinpoint to one thing, though? Like, like, what is really, like, going on? I mean, we've lost 10 in a row. Um, Look, man. Uh, you know, you could... You could point at I, I think a plethora of things that 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 is wrong right now, but I mean, look, I I think that you're looking at a team that lost their identity when Zion went down, and a lot of guys were playing above their means, above their talent, and it goes back to what we were talking about in the off season as to why you make certain upgrades because. <laughs> Najee, I love Najee, for example, right? But he was playing up here. His fall back to being a regular NBA player on the end of a bench is so far, right? It's so far. It's the difference. We get confused between players playing exceptional for a period of time and believing that that's who they are. And I ain't attacking Najee because I because I think Najee um, has definitely improved. But I'm giving an example, and there's a lot of players on this roster and such if you have made, if you would have made, and you still have time to make certain mm-hmm. roster upgrades to supplant when things that happen in life and in basketball typically happen, dudes get tired, dudes stop playing at, at on hot streaks, they go through cold spells, players and teams start to slowly fall um, away from things, injuries happen, you got to prepare for these things, especially when um, players and coaches are not using certain advantages that you should be using night to night. Tonight was another example. To, uh, let's piggyback off that, Chaz, because the clear, the clear mismatch again tonight was Jonas Valanciunas, and he stumbled around like we got down twenty five thirty, and like Jonas is useless at that point. Um, but once again, you would think. I mean, even Joel and AD are on the call are like, "Hey, get the ball to Jonas." And it was jump shot after contested jump shot after contested jump shot. I think we started off like 0 of 7 from deep. Herb Jones like took three or four of them. Uh, yeah. Just no no identity, no game plan, Chaz, to make JV the focal point of the offense and go through him. He's got the mismatch. This is Zion. This is Zion's team. <laughs> are you, what, what are you happened? trying to play? Are you trying this to play? is Zion's team. Zion's the best player. Everybody else has to go. 
That's what it boils down to. You need to go. You need to maximize Zion. Get these guys out of here, man. Let's stop playing around, man. Dude, I I'm can't believe, it. Could you at least tell me that you're going to play that next time? Go ahead. Uh, I mean, it, it's no different from anything I, I would say. I've been saying for a long time, Willie Green's a terrible coach. I don't want to hear about his staff. He's terrible. It like, again, I, look, uh, I, okay, if you're, the cap, right, <laughs> if you're the captain of the boat, I'm assuming you at least know how to swim. I don't care that everyone else doesn't know how to swim. You're the captain. I'm assuming if everything else goes wrong, you at least know how to drive the boat and swim. The, the Pelicans had the better team on paper with a healthy Luka, and you still were down about 30 points. You know what I'm saying? You got blown out. Only reason this was even a game is because Luka got hurt. You know what I'm saying? And then you probably got a couple favorable calls that went your way. The game was there for the taking. Again, Brandon, who's not an all-star. C.J. McCollum, who's not an all-star. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, who's been mismanaged, misused the majority of this season by a terrible coach and coaching staff. Um, got a bunch of guys who really probably shouldn't be getting rotational minutes on a good basketball team. And, um, you know, I hate to say their names, but, again, it, you know, credit to Najee, respect to Najee. But if Najee's one of your best players on your team, your team isn't very good. Um, Jose, you know, guys like that, guys you kind of knew would turn into a pumpkin at some point. Like, and they're role, they're role players. So role players tend to play their best at home, and they haven't even been playing that well at home. So, what, like, what do you – I don't pers- – personally, as long as you got this captain driving this boat, I don't think it matters who's on the team. And if you need everything, if Zion has to play for you to beat some of these teams you've lost to, then you just don't have a good team. Then this team is not as good as it. This team, okay, Jazz, this is Zion had him at the at a one seed. I mean, right, he was this, this is what I'm trying to figure out. And I, I always ask Chaz this question just mm-hmm. to keep things in perspective because we don't watch we don't watch a lot of we don't watch other teams the same way that we, that we watch the Pelicans. So it's easy to say that Willie's a bad coach, but I'm a big on. Who are you in the room with? Who are who are the great coaches in this league? Who are in, they? In my opinion, in your opinion, uh, I would say Spolstra. I think Ty's Luke. Ty Lue. I think Ty Lue is really good. Okay. Um, I like I like what Indiana's doing. I always love Car- Carlisle. I always mm-hmm. love Carlisle. Okay. I, I don't want to say Pop goes without saying. Is Mike Malone a good coach to me? Is he um, a good coach? I think Mike Malone always has been really solid. Austin's interim coach right now. I'm forgetting the brother's name. Is he a great coach? I don't, man. I can't. I don't know. I don't want to say that because. Well, well, why they they play really good basketball? Well, I don't want to say that because Brad Stevens had them playing really good basketball, and then right. Emil Doka had a plan. They're just really great players, I would say. Okay. So okay. I, it's, it would be. Un, I I don't know how to judge this gentleman just yet, but I thought Willie was a bad coach last year. Like I've always just happened to think he was like just, just at Is the basics. Chaz, I understand. I'm just Chaz, 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 yeah, Chaz, whoever wants to take this. Can a good staff make you better as a head coach? Do y'all think that? Like, do you think like your supporting staff can? Make That's you a question better for you, coach? Justin. You're a coach. Well, I, I I know the answer. I know the answer. To that. <laughs> I, I was I was wondering what y'all think because I because mean, Ross. I mean, well, look, well, yeah. Look, so we <clears throat> I think we but we've all said this from the jump, and I, I think I mean you're asking a rhetorical question. And we all know the answer to it, and we've all said this is like it's not a big secret like what is willie green like if he if he has one redeeming skill as a head coach like what is it 
you can say it. he's a motivator he's i a guess motivator, yeah right? yeah he's like he's a, he's a player's guy right like the players seem happy he keeps everybody motivated it seems like you get guys on the end of the bench whenever everything's are going well that come in they play well. like that that's like that clearly seems to be his calling card like that's his thing like that's not x's and o's like that's that's that runs out that that tank like that's a good quality to have and it's a useful thing maybe for an assistant coach maybe for a head coach but if that's your redeeming quality, we're still out there playing basketball against professional teams. X's and O's matter. Like Rob, everybody thinks you just roll the ball out and X's and O's don't matter. It, they matter. Was was Mike Budenholzer a great X and O's coach? Like what, what is he or was he? Is he was he? Um well, you gotta define X's and O's, I guess, to a certain extent, right? Because it's a to your, to your definition. I think he's a good coach, yeah. I think he's a good, a good X and the nose X and the nose coach. What's his strength? I mean, I, exactly. I, I, you don't have it. You don't have it. Let's I don't watch the Bucks it. enough. I watch the I watch the Pelicans every night. Okay, I, watch the, I, I but, watch the Bucks four times a year. I mean, so I, like, like, I mean, I understand. I'm asking. But, I mean, I'm asking. Ask you, is, is OKC's coach a good X and the nose coach? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't but, watch him enough. Right, but what I'm saying is like Willie. Willie definitely. Um, like I think the problem with the Pelicans, when some of the things that we watch is beyond him. Like I've yeah, I've been told, I've been told that they have game plans that go towards yeah. certain players, Jonas, for example, in some cases, right? Um, and which sometimes the players make the decisions. Now, mm-hmm. from there, what you what you take from that, what they should do from there, is something totally different. This is this is a joint when when you are completely. Um, I won't even just say going going away from a game plan, or even if it's just a repo. Sometimes, right? S- sometimes Jonas, you throw the ball down to Jonas. It's clearly that the plays ran up for him. Help comes, they end up throwing it out, and then there's no repost. Things like that that falls on more than just Willie. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that Willie's a great coach. I'm not here to tell you he's a good or he's a moderate coach. But I'm very curious to know what are some of the great coaches so we know exactly okay are they a great coach because of circumstance or do you really think that they're a, that they're a great like i think ty lose a coach a great coach in any circumstance because i've seen i've seen him in different places i've seen what he can do in all different types of situations whether he's had to play with great players or not right but i'm asking just in regards to the willie green question and the the, the staff so on and so forth Mike Boonehoser won a championship in Milwaukee. Is he a great coach? Didn't he have Didn't he have Uduka? Oh, I'm sorry, Ime on his uh, yeah. staff. Yeah, and I think I think Chris. Yeah, we're getting. Oh, sorry, Darren Ham. That's what. Sorry, go ahead. I, I don't. I don't think Willie Green is our problem. That, that's that's a Chaz. The that's, that's a Chaz issue that you need to take it up with. All I said was that I think Willie Green's best quality is that he mm-hmm. is, is, is with the players. I, my personal opinion, watching us play a lot, is that his his strength is probably not either game planning because I think there's a lot of games that we just come into and I, I sit there at the end of the first quarter and I'm like, eh, uh, yeah, I, and you're right, like yeah, and, and maybe you're right. It is players to a certain extent. Um, just my opinion. I think Willie's really best quality hey, is you know, like so, game plans, right? Like, but, those but, are, but that doesn't mean we can't win. That doesn't mean we can't win. Coach. Hold up. That's the assistant coach's job. Willie Green can't really Green doesn't game plan for every every team. It's your assistant coach's right. job to do it two or three games before. You get the scouting report, you get the game plan from them. Bam. That's but how I, that's how it works. 
I have to pose a couple questions, and these aren't exactly rhetorical. If he is such a this renowned motivator, how come this team comes out flat so often? How come you got Willie Hernan Gomez tweeting every week? How come you yeah. got Jackson Hayes at games and people are like Jackson, why you not playing? And he's like, him? Why Kyra Lewis not playing? Mm-hmm. Why you got guys clearly unhappy? He's terrible, man. It's I don't know. Like, I don't okay, if, what like okay. Oh, we got this intangible. He has this intangible redeeming quality. There's no way to measure that. But we can measure when you don't call a timeout. We can measure when you don't use a challenge. We can measure your rotations. These are things we can measure. Even him in a postgame. Oh, we got to play with force. Oh, that starts with me. When you look at Willie Green on the sideline, he doesn't know what's going on a lot of the time. And even when you when it, when he's mic'd up, He's what he's giving the same spill. He just gave the spill the other day. You got to fight. The man doesn't know what he's doing. It's easy to win when you have Zion. Zion may, I think Stan Van Gunning's a much better player, right? To, and Chris, to your, I, I, I'm sorry, I think Stan Van Gunning's a much better coach than Willie Green. He just had guys quit on him, right? These guys, some guys quit but on why? him. They say, hey, but why? Because but why? accountability. <laughs> they quit on him because he held them accountable. They're not winners. That's what it is. They're not winners. The, the two guys in particular, one of the guys, he's in, um, in Portland right now looking terrible, and the other guy, he's been terrible. Not terrible, but he hasn't been as good since he got paid. So let's, let's, let's just keep it real. He so it's not like you're blaming the players, not the coach. No, I'm saying Willie, I'm saying Willie could be anybody. Like I don't think he has any. I don't think he contributes Chris. anything. I'm sorry. I'm having fun instigating right now. This is well, not because no, no, no. well, I have a question too, though. Wait, no, wait. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Chris, you, Chris. what I wanted to ask you, Chris, is is it more of a player's thing right now or a coaching thing, or is it a mixture of both? Because I, mean, I see no, a lot of players. A mixture, it's a mixture of both. If if my coach call, and we see it all the time, players get calls, they get play calls from the sideline all the time, and they end up and they audible. It's just the way that it is. We use advantages. Even if it's as simple as me going saying, yo, this is a Jackson night. I understand what they call, but we see it all the time. There are plays of calls in the stars, the or the players that have they have a high usage or a hierarchy on the team, they they end up making making plays for themselves. It's what separates things. When we talk about in the playoffs, a lot of times we talk about team ball, so on and so forth. Superstars win. But those same guys are supposed to be in situations to know, okay, this is our advantage. Even if it's not through me, I got to feed this person. Like, yo, if they don't have second half, okay, different. You didn't play yours. But that first half, especially with the day that you had, with the day that you had, which was a written excuse coming into it, which I didn't, you know, I'm not 100% going for. I understood, empathized with it. But regardless the first thing you should have been doing is saying we're going through our seven footer. I've, I've been to it. It's your running game. It slows the pace down. Yep. That goes on more than just your coaching staff. Your players got to end up saying, forget all that clear out of side. We throwing it in him. That's my biggest thing is that they just put Herb Jones in the corner too. And they're misusing him. You, you know, I told you a couple days ago to be a screener, to be a connector, to be a guy that can make a short roll and make a decision. He, he's crafty enough. He can score. But when you stick him in the corner, man, he, he's ba- he's not a three point shooter and that's okay, yeah. but he's bound to fail. You, you know, that's what's two separate things. That's two separate things though, right? No, that's two don't. separate things we just talked about. Okay. One is one is we're talking about it should be obvious to go through Jonas in these situations, right? That's what, what both of you, everybody disagreed on that. Well, the uh, 
that to me, I agree. The coaches could easily say, hey, look, we're going through Jonas tonight. Whatever. All right. The players don't do it. Well, the other one is if you, if, like, Herb Jones isn't running down the court saying, ah, you know where a good spot for me to hang out is? Let me go find this corner real quick and chill. Like, that's clearly set up for him. And that's why, for me, I say, I, like, who else, who do you, who, someone has to be to blame for that. Like, that doesn't seem like Herb Jones' best skill. So what do, like, I can't, it's hard for me to, <laughs> that's why I was it, saying it is, it's, it's half coaches schematic. and half players. But yeah. I want to go back to this Jonas thing because, like, we've been beating this horse for a while. At what point, at what point do you just have to either, at an organizational level or, you know, at a coaching level, whatever. I mean, I guess maybe to start, maybe today we kind of did in the second half. Like, at what point do you just stop playing Jonas? No, they got to trade him. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if if if, if mm. whether it's the players or whether it's the coaching or whether it's issues him. or whatever it is, like, it they're not doing it. So like, where no, we they got to trade him. I agree. I agree. Yeah. That's, and that's basically where I was saying. It's like it, we keep doing this every single game. Like, why are we going to Jonas? Why are we going to? Well, part of the reason we don't go to Jonas, and I sent Justin a couple of clips during the game, is. Man, I don't think that dude could check me in pick and roll. I, I really don't. I think me and Justin could go out there in a pick and roll situation and and find an open shot. I believe that. I truly believe that. I watched her like I, I mean, I keep blaming Herb Jones for a lot of this stuff, and it's probably not even his damn fault. It's not. It, it really isn't. Like we're we're overcompensating so bad. Like, just go watch some. I'll I'll just send it all you. You can't play defense like that. You just can't play defense when your center is dropped back Scheme. below the free throw line. The point guard is allowed to come off, and it's just you're playing two on one. It's I don't care. You can have the best defenders in the world. It, it, it doesn't work with JV because it, he's too slow and flat footed. But I think that's part of. I feel like that. I do feel like that's part of the reason that we don't run through him on the offensive side too. For some reason, like I, I just think there's a disconnect there. What's the issue? Why is Steven Adams just regular season wise played the playoffs is different, but why is Steven Adams playable in in uh, Memphis? I thought that Chaz, go ahead. Why is Brooke Lopez playable in Milwaukee? Well, with so Milwaukee, I, can, I can answer both of those questions. Steven Adams, Brooke Lopez is a much better player defensively. I mean, Brooke Lopez is a much better player defensively, but I'm saying when Steven, okay, when Steven Adams was in New Orleans. We were ready for him to get the hell out of him yeah. quickly. Mm-hmm. Were we not? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what changed? Well, I'm, I'm saying it's, it's either misuse, right? Maybe we were either misusing or poor defensive schemes, not using those guys to the best of their ability. I, maybe that's the case with Jonas. Maybe it isn't. The point is, is what we're doing right now don't work. We're getting run. I mean, we're getting we're getting that, through the ringer every night, boys. Every night. That, that's my that's my problem. But Chaz, we talked about this. Chaz, David Griffin's history. He loves, for some reason, flat-footed centers. Derek Favors, Stephen Adams, Jonas Valanciunas. Is this a trend with him? Um, I ain't gonna lie. I don't. I don't blame David Griffin for this. I blame David Griffin for no, no, no. no. I'm, I'm not blaming. What I'm saying though is that he seems oh, that like the type same of type player? of center is what I'm saying. We haven't figured out how to use them correctly. But as Chris said, Stephen Adams is thriving in Memphis. Like, yeah. Um. But I mean, I look at the carryover from the staff personally. Like, you can't <laughs> look, man. Uh, I when you when you get in your car and you use your GPS, do you just mute it? You say, "Oh, forget what the GPS talking about." No one does that, right? Clearly, you're listening to something the person is saying. Either you're gonna say, oh, "He don't know what he's talking about," and that means you don't respect him, or you you're not the like something's not translating there. 
right? It's, it's it it all goes back to the same thing. If you if all of us get audited tomorrow and a tax man come and say, hey, where'd this money go? You better have an answer. If I go ask Willie Green, Willie, what are you good at? What 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 do you do? Like what 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 you, what you do? They, they come out flat. They look uninspired. People saying all type of weird stuff like, "Oh, I don't recognize this team." You this the same team from last year. So what what are you talking about? This is the same team from last year plus CJ plus Larry Nance plus what well, Dyson injured, but plus second year um got guys going into their second year. It's clearly from the top. I I don't blame players for anything personally. JV, you know, to your point, Ross, I I think guys, JV has his limitations defensively, but I do think guys become even more uninspired when they can't get a touch offensively. They're like, what's the point? What's the point? I can't, I got my guy sealed. I go back to the Boston game. JV has Grant sealed, got him on his hip. It's nothing Grant could do. Uh, CJ McCollum drives into traffic. Trey Murray cuts, um, Trey Murphy cuts baseline brings his man now jv's triple team it's a terrible possession this this is this is a systemic problem and it starts at the top i i don't necessarily believe that this is i, I don't fault jv whatsoever i don't think it has anything to do with the type of people david griffin is bringing in because at worst they should at least look competent in the regular season and get exposed in the playoffs like steven adams for years in okc he was good in the regular season, got exposed in the playoffs, got to the Pelicans. All of a sudden, he sucks in the regular season, goes to Memphis. Now he's good in the regular season and gets exposed in the playoffs again. What changed when he got here? The staff sucks, and that staff includes Willie Green to keep to keep it real. Like, I, I, it's not the popular thing to say, but he sucks. Like, it, it is what it is, man. Chris and Ross, you don't want to do anything with that? <laughs> I, I mean, I, look, man, I, I – I'll say this. I still think that they're going to be fine and they're going to make the playoffs. Why? I still think that they're, that they're going – well, look, schedule alone, you got the second – I think now it's like the second easiest schedule the rest of the year. Yeah, March okay. real easy. Schedule, schedule alone, they're going to be able to slowly climb back up the standings, and that's including whenever Zion comes back. And I do think that they're going to make some kind of move. So, I mean, they're, they're going to be fine. And, you know, I'll say this, like, look, you know, we there's there's worry about who will, who they'll trade for and what they'll get. They still have the right amount of assets. And here's this I've seen and not just and not just Chaz, actually, people that feel as if they've they've lost leverage. And the main comparison that I could give it to is I work in the car industry and I saw I saw when. I saw COVID change everything. Everything started to go over MSR, over sticker, over over MSRP. But the industry survived off of trucks. You know, the people that bought those trucks, that bought those higher price units, Corvettes, the people that could afford it. So if you can afford to get said players, if you can afford to make some of these trades, you'll be fine. End of the day, make moves. Upgrade the roster, but even without it, the the schedule is horrible. To end. like, it's super. You you should be able to walk into getting at worst outside of the not being in the plan. They'll be fine. Certain players that are on the team now, including Brandon Ingram, will round about and play better. But what we're seeing now, you know, I think you have to look at it and say, what's how does this how how is this organization planning? 
long term because we saw some of these holes in the offseason. We saw some of these holes last year to end the last season. You know? That's yeah, that's a very good point, Chris. Uh Ross, you wanna you wanna close this out? No, I think look, Chris makes some good points there. I I, I do think look, the for me, the silver lining of tonight, and I, we, we all were kind of laughing about this. The silver lining for me tonight is I really think we've I think we've officially forced the the front office's hand to to make a move um, with, with how they played in that first half tonight because we got blown out today. I mean, for, forget the end of the game, okay? Yeah, it was nice to see Bi get a little bit. Well, whatever. We we got blown out tonight, um, and I do think I I agree with Chris. I, I think it's gonna that tonight's performance is gonna force the front office's hand into really, really improving the roster at the break. I mean, I don't think they're going to do anything so drastic that it reduces what you can do this offseason. Um, but I, I do think there's there's a change coming here in the next couple of weeks. It, it, it just has to. Um, there's holes to fill, and I, and I don't think it's going to be that difficult to fill them. I don't think you're going to have to just totally, you know, let yourself get ripped off to, to, to do it. I, I don't think we've lost any leverage. I still think, to Chris's point, we have plenty of assets available um, that teams want. Uh, I... Chaz, I, I want you. I want you to say this because you, you got about like a minute here. But mm-hmm. I want you to say because you tweeted out that we should become a seller at the deadline. Yeah, I think this is a seller's market. I think you got a couple of guys who I think they they may have potentially peaked already. And um, this is like, and you got a couple of guys who clearly aren't a part of the long term vision for this team. So. Like, why wait until they get hurt again or someone gets into trouble or does anything happen? And this goes for several guys. Why not just maximize their value? You're not going nowhere this year without Zion. And you counting on Zion to come back and stay healthy the remainder of the time. And anybody you trade for, Willie Green going to make them look like trash anyway. So it's just, you might as well just sell, man. In my mind, that's an option. I'm not necessarily advocating for it, but it could be a good idea. Thanks for closing us out, Chaz. Uh, presented to you by DraftKings, the official sports betting partner of Boot Crew Media and the NFL. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. That's by using code BOOT. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 bonus in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code boot. They've lost 10 in a row. I'm miserable. About like, to be subscribe. Thumb. Lakers coming. Yeah. Saturday. Lakers Saturday with, and Chris Kyle will be in town and then King Sunday. So, yeah. This oh, will be fun. Like, comment, subscribe. Let me know what y'all think. Later.